she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General Hospital. Hi, welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. Um, We are going to discuss the episode from Thursday, April 9th. This is my sister, Julia. She, hi, has seen many, many years worth of General Hospital. And I am now obsessed with General Hospital. And I did not expect it to happen this quickly. But um, yesterday and today's episodes have just been... um, uh, I am on board. I'm here. (laughs) I'm... I'm so excited. I'm so glad. Um, um, okay, so this is our second episode with this new structure of flashbacks. Yes. So I was, yesterday, I'm not sure how yesterday's episode went from the outside. It was very emotionally and uh, challenging. I feel much more emotionally and mentally prepared to watch and talk about this episode now that we have some sense of what we're getting into. Yes. Um. And I want to say something meta about this experience because, Go for it. like we were saying yesterday, I don't know exactly what this is like for someone who's familiar with all these stories and maybe just hasn't seen them in a while or didn't catch all of them. Um, but this is landing so differently for me now. Um, the last two episodes, and and I think I figured out the f- how to frame it for myself. Um, all the episodes prior most of the events people were discussing had happened in the past, right? And they were kind of referencing them and making these illusions. And they all sounded so funny and fake to me. Um, and it was, it was that adage, um, show, don't tell. Everyone else had already been shown in the past who keeps up with the show. I was just kind of being told all these dynamics and these stories and these emotional beats. So here now I'm, I'm being shown, not told, and so I'm really clicking into it in a much different way, a, mu- a much more elevated way, which all of a sudden these crazy storylines or these, a baby got swapped or whatever, it's not just this outlandish soap opera line or thing. I'm like seeing how Willow like dealt with it in the moment. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm really enjoying it in a more, a, a much more real level than just like, oh, this is funny. This is a fun new genre or this is silly or this is a fun puzzle I'm like actually enjoying it for what it is so this is weirdly the perfect introduction to a show like this yeah because getting to see some of the backstory without having to watch these clips on YouTube or or Mm -hmm. things that things like that yeah there's there's so much history and I know I think we talked about while recording or, or maybe it was it was not with a with a mic on but I know we talked at one point that some of the characters have seemed one note to you in mm-hmm. the you know twelve episodes we had seen thus far or what have you, um, and that's because you haven't had the opportunity to see them in a dynamic way mm-hmm. as these events have been unfolding and as they've grown and they've changed. It, it you know even Nell we sort of glimpsed her at least fake sweet side you know when she first came to town but you know with characters like Carly, Jason, Sonny, even Michael who've been on the canvas for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years they've grown and changed and evolved 
so much and they've had so much happen to them that seeing, you know, this brief glimpse in this like two week period when they're maybe on the episodes half the time, like, Mm -hmm. of course, you're not going to get a real sense of them until it starts, you know, going a little deeper and or or until you start spending more time with them. Yeah. And um, or they only have one emotional beat to play in the storyline, you know, it's, it, yeah, Michael's just maybe. kind of in concerned dad mode. You don't see these other pieces. Um, whereas, so if, if these flashback episodes hadn't happened, I maybe would have gotten to this point in a couple of weeks as I get to know the characters better or there's more allusions and references to the past and I'm mm-hmm. kind of piecing things together. But even, like, your history corners are super interesting and fill in a lot of gaps. But there's nothing, like, seeing it, lo- like, actually unfold seeing these little scene snippets mm-hmm. is... is um, it's kind of a shortcut. Yeah, exactly. So right off the bat, as we talked about how great the flashbacks are, uh, right off the bat, there's a scene in the present, really the first lines of dialogue in the first scene in the present, that I thought was really great. And someone, some writer on that show is reading some of the same stuff I read or something. Um, but um, Sasha and Willow are talking, and Willow's just is getting very upset about um, the situation with Wiley and... You know, I'm, I know I'm not his mom, but I'm still feeling this way. And Sasha, I don't know what her background is, but she just breaks into this explanation that um, something I've thought a lot about, how like physical, how your body can't differentiate between physical and mental and emotional stress. They mm-hmm. all have these somatic reactions and you have these physical reactions to emotional stress that's no less um, valid than physical stress. Um, and, you know... It reminds me of that, like, fight-or-flight instinct. Like, if you're in a situation where you're anxious, your body responds as if you're in, in very real danger. That's just how we're wired. Um, so, like, I want to hear Sasha talk now. I, she hasn't really... We haven't, we saw a little bit of her, but um, that was, like, really insightful and a really lovely thing for Willow to hear. And um, drawing that line for Willow of, like, your love for Wiley when you knew he was your son it feels the same as now you know he isn't. Like, it, you, you can't shut off that switch. Yeah. Um, but that was that was just a very nice mm-hmm. beat. Um, and then Michael and Chase have a moment um, talking about... And Michael's just such a, um open and understanding person because I very much expected him to be like, I can't really think about Willow right now. I've got this all this going on. But he was like, no, she's the most important per- woman in Wiley's life. She... She matters so much, and what she's going through is just as important as these other things. Yeah, Michael's basically an angel. He would have been well within his rights to be like, absolutely, I cannot focus on her right now, but he's, sure. he's a really kind person. Um, I, I, They're very focused on Willow, like the writers, I mean, the storyline. Yeah. Um, on the Willow and Michael of it all, and Wiley and the, everything, but I really want to see more of Lucas. He's literally, I keep, I thought he would show up because they talked about Willow and the baby and Michael and Lucas and Ben got mentioned a lot. Brad. Sorry, Lucas. Oh, I definitely wrote Ben the whole time. (laughs) Lucas and Brad. Um, I definitely thought they would show up this episode. Yeah. And I know now Brad is in prison, but what's, no one's checking on Lucas. I think you've seen him on screen that one time in that very brief scene and you kept forgetting who he was because he hasn't been featured. And I'm not sure it... It might literally be that the actor is not on contract, mm-hmm. uh, which is frankly bullshit, especially with this storyline. He should be front and center, 
and it really, I really wish he was yeah, it's more st- involved. Yeah, it's starting to be a little bit of an, uh, a, a noticeable absence. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, this is super interesting. So all the flashbacks last time very much focused on Nell and Carly, and then by extension, Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. But we go to a flashback with Willow in court, and I did, for the record, figure out it was Shiloh before she said his name. Good for um, you. Because I know he was a cult leader at some point, mm-hmm. and the father of her baby that she loses. Yeah. Um, so she had a very intense kind of scene screaming at, at him. Um, tiny sidebar notes that I take. Her name is Willow Tate. It is. I didn't know that. And then Di- the lawyer is Diane Miller. Um, so she kind of screams at Shiloh, I'm never going to tell you about my baby. The judge is like, well, now you have to give us the records. And she's like, no. Which, and then is arrested for contempt of court. And then Chase had to arrest her. And Chase had to the way he emoted her. through that Miranda Wright speech <laughs> was, I need Chase flashbacks because, again, he's just kind of a, a, a blank to me. He's, yeah. He's very supportive and seems very sweet. Uh, that was the most emotional Miranda rights I've ever seen. Seriously. It was, um, it was like well done, but I, I like, I don't quite have that backstory to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're together at this point or if he's maybe a friend or a support. I, I'm, I'm sure they were together already by okay. that point. Yeah. Um, and like, it seemed like he was there supporting her and in every other situation in the entire show, no one's like, hey, do the cop thing now when you're with your friends. So I'm like, why, do, why does he have to be the one to arrest her? Come on. Because it's dramatic. It was very dramatic. If a random court officer had arrested her, we wouldn't have gotten the heartfelt tears in his eyes oh, Miranda rights he, we deserve. He choked up. It was a thing of beauty. Um, um, I don't... We, we, we see Nina and Jax, and we see that we keep checking with them um the only thing of note right at the top because she's talking about the necklace and the baby and all of this I I knew um she did say her mom tried to kill her twice Mm -hmm. so um that's just a fun uh a not fun note of uh awfulness um then we check in with Carly and Nell in the present and that immediately leads to a baby Carly flashback where Frank Benson is played by the actor who plays Valentine Valentine? Valentine. Valentine. I don't know if, what the link is. Like, if there's a, th- a, a symbolic reason. I don't know that there is a symbolic reason. Um, and he's uh, played by James Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I just always laugh when there's, like, multiple first names in one name. Um, so that was just kind of interesting. So I don't really... Obviously, um, Jocelyn playing Carly. Her mom makes sense. Um, Nina's... Act, or, Cynthia Watros playing um, Carly's mom and adopted mom, and then James Patrick Stewart playing her adopted dad. I was kind of trying to think of symbolism there, but it, it might be just a... I mean, Nina and Valentine, now I'm overthinking it, were a couple for a while. I mm-hmm. think it was just maybe they thought the actress would have fun with it. I don't think, think there's any, like, actual connection there. Yeah, okay. I was... Yeah, I was probably reaching a little bit. They definitely seemed like they were having fun with it. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> all the things he said to her about child support were, were ridiculous. Like, oh, well, I didn't really want you. I didn't really want to adopt you, so I don't have to pay child support. And like, that's not how the law works. Well, the law also doesn't work that you pay a sex worker for her child. So there's probably... there. It 
doesn't sound like it was a legal adoption, so there was probably limited legal recourse that Virginia could have taken to force him to pay child support. I don't know enough about legal options, Neither how, how legal things work, to argue with you. That's Cause, fair. Cause the adopt- but if, if he's not legally her father... But even if the adoption was shady, you can't just... You have to... The child is... There's records of the child, and that these are the child's mm. adoptive parents. That may be. Um, okay, then the next present storyline we check in on is... Jason and Jocelyn kind of finishing their conversation, which is really just an introduction to more Jocelyn Nell flashbacks. And these come like rapid fire. Um, so it's more of like Nell trying to cozy up to Jocelyn even after there's tension in the family. Mm-hmm. And I did get some answers throughout the episode of some of the specifics Nell did to them, which is bananas. I kind of, I didn't realize how much of that, it, of how, how bad it was. Yeah. It was really bad. Um, so for a long, and I would love to see more of Michael in these flashbacks, because a lot of them are like, hey, um, Jocelyn, we're, you're going to be my baby's aunt. Is it okay with you if Michael and I get married? Um, you know, too bad your mom couldn't be here, but me and Michael are super happy. And I'm like, what is Michael's headspace through all of this? I would also like to see some of these flashbacks. I didn't see a ton of Michael and Nell when they were together together. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I would, I second that fully. Give like, me some more Michael flashbacks. It, it seems like Carly is, m- maybe later it was implied that she was in jail or in a mental institution. I'm not sure if those all are the same timeline, but um, Carly is not there. And um, Nell is sending her selfies with her daughter, and it was all seemed very gross. Um, and then Nell's line of like, oh, well, have something to tie us all together with the gift you gave me and I'll take a picture and we'll get your mom feeling like she's involved with the wedding and it was all, yuck. Um, and then we would go right to Nell and Carly in the present. So, mm-hmm. Nell and Carly in the present and the kind of talking through their perceptions of their quote-unquote father, Nell's maybe, Nell's probably fake father and Carly's adopted father. Right. But they're kind of talking about their childhood and this this brief interaction they had in Miami in 1995, right? Yes. So, just to circle back, the end of the last episode, I was kind of talking through my last thoughts about Nell and and Carly and Nell's, like, reason for coming to destroy Carly. And I, like, it was a very tumultuous episode. And I kind of landed, like, Nell is just delusional. It's so crazy. Why would Carly recognize her or think that they're sisters? Because they don't, they're not related. Right. Um... But, like, this scene and sequence um, and seeing that, like, you know, uh, you know, teenage Carly saw baby Nell for this brief moment. They didn't even speak. And the dad was, like, going to the other room. And then hearing from Nell, like, some combination of Frank spinning this perspective or this fairy tale for her. Like, oh, your big sister came and I wanted her to stay, but she had to, she left. Um and then building on that herself, um, she created this, like, fantasy of a big sister. And then, goes, you know, says to Carly, like, you should have stayed to take care of me. Um, it's your, everything that happened to you is my fault. Um, if you had stayed, everything would have been better. I wouldn't have had this horrible, abusive childhood. You were this, like, glamorous big sister I, I never knew about. And clearly Frank fed into that a little bit. Um, oh, I mean, I think uh-huh. a lot when Carly kind of married into money. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. C- Carly, you know, now obviously, like, owns the hotel and is doing fine for herself on her own. But when she first, I think, 
came to town, you know, she didn't really have much of anything, and she kind of, you know, tried to latch on to Tony Jones at first, and then almost got sucked into the Quartermains, but got herself out of that, and then, and then ended up with Sonny, off and on, sure, but ended up doing well enough, certainly, at first through Sonny, and then on her own, that, that as she mentioned in the episode, you know, Frank came sniffing around for, sure. for handouts. And then probably said to Nell, hey, you have this big sister, she's a millionaire in New York or something. It reminded me of those, that, like, trope or something of, like, um, like, whether it's Dickensian or Harry Potter or whatever, but, like, of, like, um, a, a child who's an orphan dreaming that his parents are really, his or her parents are really, like, um, fabulously wealthy or they're, they're royalty and they'll come take you away from all this. Like, mm-hmm. Carly became that for Nell. And, because I think in the last couple episodes I've been like, why is Nell so fixated on Carly? Carly didn't know about the kidney. That was Jax and Frank. Yeah. You know, taking Nell's kidney to give to Jocelyn, but it's not about that. That's not even what she's after. Right. She has this, um, she has this, this, she's built this reality for herself and, like, can't accept that it's not true because that crumbles her whole worldview, really. Yeah. So, I think I was just very, sorry, Nell, I was very dismissive, um, but some, that was very well written, that kind of dialogue and context of like um and she never quite said it but you could tell that like she had this perception in her head it Um, it also makes me think and I feel like they were it was unclear you you mentioned uh, abusive and I certainly don't think besides the kidney Frank was a perfect father sure they never or I don't think they've yet anyway explicitly stated anything about how he treated her besides the kidney thing, although I don't imagine it was well, sure. given that as an example. Um, and the, it's also the idea that, not just that Carly is glamorous or Carly has money, but but Carly got away. Right. Or, like, Carly could have taken care of her mm-hmm. and instead left and took care of herself and didn't, like, come back for Nell. Right. And I guess, you're right, I think I did mis- misspeak when I said abusive. I guess more traumatic, because what she described was... They were always poor. They never had any money. They moved around. Yeah. He couldn't keep a job. She had this very unstable childhood. Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't. I didn't mean to imply it, it definitely wasn't abusive because I think again the kidney thing alone is right. indicative we don't, we don't of an gloss, extreme child abuse. You don't want to gloss over the man harvesting his children's kidneys. <laughs> right. Um, but it, obviously, from Carly's perspective, she's has no ties to this child, is not beholden to this child, and, and frankly, was still a child herself. Oh, yeah. She had nothing. Which, maybe from Nell's perspective, at that age especially, maybe she seemed oh so very grown up. Mm-hmm. I'm unclear if Carly's even meant to be maybe 18 at that point. I mean, it's- she seems so young, but again, it's hard because Eden McCoy looks really young and is still playing a teenager in the present. But... I mean, Carly was in no position to take on a child and certainly had no reason or obligation to stay with Frank and Nell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was very, it's that um, that logic you have when you're a child where you don't, like, you see all, everyone older than you as an adult and, like, equally stable and capable mm-hmm. or whatever. And this is maybe an 18-year-old girl. Um, 
And the other moment I thought was really interesting in one of the, the Florida flashbacks where teenage Carly sees baby Nell, she kind of turns to Frank, who, like, you know, was her adoptive father and left when she was four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so she always had that um, sense of, you know, rejection, even though he's not her biological father. And when she sees Nell, I thought it was very interesting. Her reaction was to turn to Frank and say, oh, I guess you wanted her. So they're both jealous of each other in these ways because they think on some level the other one got something they didn't get. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, we're, uh, Nell and Carly in the present is coming up in just a sec. Um, but first, Nina and Jax are talking, and she's again talking about her daughter and she said and her mom. And she said her mom went to see Valentine in prison and told him she had a baby girl. And she's like, I think my daughter is out there somewhere. So you might have told me this already. Because mm-hmm. she... So you, this might just be a refresher. The, is, would Valentine have been the father of the baby at that point? No. Okay. No. Um, so... Because this was years just ago. before she went into the coma. Right. So 25 years ago, mm-hmm. probably minimum, she was... Uh, married to... Oh, to a doctor, a doctor who her mother didn't approve of. Who her mother didn't approve of. And he had cheated on her and impregnated Ava Jerome. Mm-hmm. But also then Nina became pregnant. So it's his baby. So it's her... To our knowledge, it is her husband's baby. Okay. And she and Valentine didn't meet until a couple years ago. Okay, okay. Cool. Um... Because I did remember his involvement with Sasha pretending to be the daughter later. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been a whole different thing. Um, so just a quick check-in with Nina and Jax. Um, okay, the Nell and Carly in the present again. Um, kind of, uh, again, these parallels. They don't go into it super explicitly, but these parallels of where they are in their lives right now, having um, this child, um, having this uh, past of a lot of mistakes, and sort of what I thought Carly was saying is, like, you're this bad childhood, this bad father, you've done these bad things, but, like, you can, like, essentially she was saying you can break the cycle. You can, mm-hmm. like, do what's right for your child. Like, Michael is how I turned things around when I got pregnant with Michael. You can turn it around and make the right choices, and um, you can still have visitation rights, and this is how you, like, build that trust. So I thought that was coming out of the previous conversations was... I thought it, I almost thought Nell would like click in with it a little bit, but um, but she can't give up like her truth because yeah. that's the bedrock of her worldview. Mm-hmm. But like it was so like, ugh, it was so close. Like it was very. She was. I felt like she was almost there. Maybe. Um. Okay, and then we go into more Nell flashbacks, which are wild, yeah. and based on a lot of the history you've given me tangentially. I think I pieced everything together. Or Pray that's, tell. That's a long stretch. But um, So again, she's pregnant. It seems like maybe she's still with Michael. The first one is she goes to Carly and Sunny, and she's like, I'm going to name the baby Morgan, Morgan Corinthos. And I was like, oh, that's a big deal. Because that's Sunny and Carly's son who died. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so... That's a lot just to throw at parents who lost, lost a child. Um, and then, 
somehow, I mean, they set it up, but then she, like, put the rags on the desk and sprayed cologne on a gravestone and left notes for Carly. And again, before Carly said his name, I was like, and Nell did say, like, let the haunting begin, which is, like, a little Scooby-Doo villain. But, um, you know, I was like, okay, so she's put, like, going to mess with their heads a little bit and make them think their son Morgan is haunting them. Maybe they told her not to use the name and she was lashing out. Maybe she just wanted... I think the name was a deliberate dig in the first place. Oh, they okay. already there was already tension. Uh-huh. And she oh she one hundred percent knew it would get under their skin okay. and, and really upset them. Okay. So all of it is just messing with them. Mm-hmm. Um so I wrote, Oh, this is all fucked up. Um so that was a lot. Um and then this was a question mark, so they were, like, fighting over a quilt. Nell and Carly were fighting over a quilt at the top of stairs. I feel like, mm-hmm. don't fight near stairs. Um, they kind of struggle. Nell falls down the stairs. So maybe that's what puts Carly in jail because she pushes Nell down the stairs. Yes. So they, they I think, yeah, they give you enough that you can mostly piece it together. So Carly has had some mental health issues in the past. Mm-hmm. They struggle at the top of the stairs. Nell falls you know, Carly, which, you know, so Carly, of course, says, we struggled over the blanket, but Nell fell. Nell, of course, says Carly pushed her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think they reference later in the episode, but also in a flashback, that Carly, uh, uh, like, pled insanity. Oh, and then went to Fern. And went to Ferncliff, which is a mental health facility. Not Ferngully. Yes. So that's I think and, and then again earlier in the episode also in a flashback <laughs> when Jocelyn and Nell were talking and Carly wasn't around cuz uh-huh. Carly was in Ferncliff. Okay. So it is all kind of the same timeline roughly. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Nell was uh very deliberately fucking with Carly using her son Morgan's death to do so. And making maybe her question her, her mental sanity. state yeah. with the haunting. That makes it, it, I could, I could already tell it was kind of chilling, but like all the scenes where like, oh, hey, Jocelyn, let's bond over wedding stuff. Wish your mom could be here. Ugh. Yeah. Awful. Oh, and then the last piece of that flashback is Nell goes to visit Carly in prison or it, the in institution. In the, in the mental institution. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look at the ring. We're getting married soon. Can I call you mom? Ooh. Just so evil. I know I just apologized to her for calling her delusional and I'm <laughs> calling her evil, but like, you, you, you know, you know. Cool motive, still murder. Right. Um, I can sympathize with your mental state. You still need to stop doing this and get some help. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, then we kind of circle back to the Michael and Willow and Wiley side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the present, Michael's talking to Chase again, to sweet baby angel. Sorry, stole that from another podcast. Um, um, kind of out of the blue, he's like, you know, the switching of the babies was was kind of good because Willow loved Wiley for a year and a half and that love wasn't wasted and she's still so important. I was like, okay. Like, like no one deserves him. They need to <laughs> bottle Michael's zen and market that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. 
he just has a lot of positive energy and his perspective is very unique. So I want to hear more about his background. Cause like, oh, how did geez. you, how did you get there? Cause there's a lot, there's a lot surrounding you. That's not great. There's, he's been through some really, really, really rough shit, which just makes it kind of all the more incredible that he's still as sweet and kind as he is. Yeah. Also, I want to see what gets him to a place where he can't be like that. <laughs> Ooh, that those moments are rare but amazing. Cool. Um, all right, then we go we go into a whole series of like Willow flashbacks, which is yeah. fantastic because again, she's kind of playing one beat over the last like two weeks because it's been kind of just over a couple scenes really. Um, and I was always kind of. I think you kept reminding me. I'm like, okay, she's Michael's friend. She's supporting him. And you kind of kept gently reminding me that, like, she thought this was her baby for a year and a half. So, like I said, seeing it, not just hearing about it, was really lovely. So there was a beat with when she was with the baby, saying, like, you know, I want to be your mom, but I can't take you away from Brad and Lucas. I want your happiness more than my own, which was a great little cut-and-paste parallel to what Carly was saying to Nell about mm-hmm. you need to put... Wiley's happiness above your own, your own, his needs above your wants. Yeah. Um, so Willow just already was there. Um, this is not terribly important, but it seems like at some point when everyone still thought it was Willow's child and Brad and Lucas's adopted child, she became his designated guardian. I'm not even sure what that means exactly. I know Lucas hired her to help take care of Wiley at one point. Maybe they were incapacitated in some soap opera thing? Yeah, oh, well, 100%. Lucas yeah. was in an accident, and oh, okay. it was a whole thing. So she's maybe guardian ad litem or something like a temporary guardian, um, which not relevant to the to this plot, but but she and Willow, or, uh, Willow and Chase are kind of playing house for a little bit with Wiley, which is very cute. Um, and then... Okay, so then back in the present, Willow and Sasha are talking again. And Sasha kind of um, fills in some of the flashback information we learned, saying you went to jail rather than admit that Shiloh was the father. So that was like yeah. the contempt of court piece. And then Willow, kind of everything Sasha's been saying about, you know, emotional trauma and you're still just so important in, in this role. Um, um, you're an important part of his life. And Willow kind of ends like, you know what, you were right. I am the closest to a mother he has. I'm going to do everything I can. Nell doesn't count, which is just like, LOL, I feel you. Um, Okay, so, um, like, Sasha also, she didn't, she plays into some other flashbacks, but that was a lovely conversation between those two friends. So I was like, okay, because they've mostly just been, supporting Michael in group scenes. Mm-hmm. So one-on-one scenes were really nice um, to kind of infill. Um, all right, Nina and Jax are still talking about her daughter. <laughs> this is so funny to me. Um, he's like, yeah, the necklace is the only clue. And she and, and she's like, yeah, we had it checked out, but it's it's custom-made and we don't know anything about it. And he, I'm just like, that's the most generic half-heart necklace in the yeah. entire world, which I've already called out, but like, like, oh, no, it's so rare. It would make more sense if it's so generic that anyone could have it. Yeah. And then you could never find your daughter. Ugh. And then Jax's big idea is like, well, I'll get my security company to trace your mom's movements from that time. And I'm like, that was 20-plus years ago before technology. We 
before technology. And there was no technology 20 years ago. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this. Um, so I was just like, okay, good luck. That's not really how security footage works, but okay. Um, okay. And then Jocelyn walks in to see her dad. And I don't really know what Jocelyn and Nina's dynamic is, but it was very funny because Nina's like, hi. And Jocelyn looks at her and then looks at her dad and is like, sorry, are you busy? <laughs> and then Jocelyn's just like, yeah, no, I'm not engaging with you. And then like Jax went to say goodbye and kiss Nina and Nina like fully like arced backwards um, to avoid it. And then Joss just walked out with this like amazing eye roll to camera. And it was just like, it was just so much perfect awkwardness captured that that was another great show don't tell moment. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know the specifics of maybe Jocelyn and Nina's like one on one dynamic, but remember I kind of told you almost in passing when Nina first came to town, she was a little less stable than she currently is, and she fully uh, uh, kidnapped Jocelyn's baby sister Avery and tried to flee with her to Canada to raise her as her own. Oh yeah, that didn't that that was just a passing aside. Yep. It didn't even really register. So Jocelyn may not be Nina's biggest fan. Uh, there may be something more recent or more relevant than that, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. As to why, uh, as to why Joss may not be, well, you know, super into Avery's... her dad dating Nina. Oh, right. And Avery's, like, a small child, so this couldn't have happened, this is not, this is not, like, before Jocelyn was aware of type of thing. Correct. This would have been, like, a handful of years ago. So it seems like a relevant grudge that someone kidnapped your baby sister and tried to flee the country. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair if someone grudge. Tried, if someone tried to kidnap you and flee Aww. the country... I'd give it at least five years uh, until I forgive them. <laughs> um, okay, and then we go to Carly and Jason in the present. And then Jason says this thing. I love when they say things like that. Like, it's kind of in the same family of like, oh, I, you'll never guess who I just bumped into. But Jason's like, oh, hey, Carly, um, you just missed Jocelyn. She was here talking to me about now, and then she went to go meet up her, with her dad to have another storyline. But um, it just makes me laugh because they, they conveniently only overlap when it's dramatic, and then if there's no need for them to be in the same scene, they don't overlap. It's just entertaining to me. And Carly's basically like, um, hey Jason, um, please kill Nell. Please go murder Nell. And then we dive into Carly and Jason flashbacks, yeah. which were super fun. Um, I think also very, very funny that you just gave me this whole history corner about Jason Primarily Jason's past, but also his relationships with Sunny and Carly. Yeah. So I was very and well Michael. set up for this. And Michael. So I was very well set up for it. Um, so first we see a little bit about Carly's mindset. So Carly and Sunny are like, we have to do something about Nell. Um, but like Michael would never agree to it. And they're like, of course not. Michael could never do something like this. But we have to. Um, the parallel I got, which was not given to me by the flashbacks, was with Valentine and Nina. When Valentine was like, he was like, hey, you're dating this nice guy now. I don't really know if Jax is a nice guy. Eh, debatable. I mean, there's the kidney thing. But, <laughs> but Valentine was like, we are both like morally questionable. We can live in this gray area and be okay. So when you're ready to come back to that, like come back to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Carly and Sunny are kind of the same thing. Obviously, he's a criminal. Um, but they're like, okay, Michael can't live in this gray area. We can make these decisions to protect him or to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought of that conversation. Yeah. You know, it, you're absolutely fair and you're not wrong, but I do think that people sometimes 
people sometimes overlook or forget how gray Michael can be Mm. because he's fully aware that his father is a mob boss. Sure. And he's not involved in the sense that he's, he's not involved in the business, but he knows exactly what his father is capable of. He knows that his family, his family is, is gray and he fully loves and supports them and and has done some pretty great things okay himself I, when the situation calls for yeah, it yeah i feel like he would not be down with murdering the mother of his child no no but sunny usually wouldn't be either he it's, does you know he, he's got some i don't mean to draw an exact comparison to him and valentine yeah. cuz sunny seems like a mobster with a heart of gold who maybe does crime sometimes to support it, but, like, he has, I don't know. Sonny's dynamic is very interesting because you're supposed to root for him. Right. Um, so I don't mean to, like, make an exact parallel, but the conversation was kind of Yeah, no, for sure. I, I wasn't at all trying to say Sonny's not gray. I was just trying to say Michael, Michael's more gray than he sometimes appears at first glance. Very fair. Um, and then we go to... Well, uh, just a quick touch-in with uh, teenage Carly and her mom, really to set up um, how she left Florida. It was like, uh, like it was I took a note of it, and I was like, this is kind of a rehash, but she's like, I want to go do something great. And her mom was like, no, you don't want to go look for, you don't, you're not searching for money. You want to go find love and be valued and appreciated. And then that sets up the Carly and Jason flashbacks. The Carly and Jason flashbacks were so sweet. So, um, Carly's like, and this is in the present. Um, she kind of recaps her conversation with Nell, and she's like, "I told Nell that I changed because of from being a lying, deceitful person because of Michael and being a mother, but also because of you. And I'm so grateful I have you." And then we see their flashbacks of how they've leaned on each other. Um, not, I realize they're, they're, I know this, or, like, that's not the point of the scene, but Carly sees Jason alive when she thinks he's dead. Yeah. And this might be memory swap fake Jason, but the sentiment from Carly is what's important. No, 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 that's real Jason. Oh, that's real Jason. Real Jason back from the dead after, supposed dead after five years. But wouldn't that have been Drew? No, that was... (laughs) I know, I know, sometimes it's worse that I know some things. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay, so, real Jason. Oh, Drew had a different face. Drew had a different face. Drew was a different actor. Drew was a different actor, there we go, that's the short version. Okay. Then there's a scene where she's, uh, he's maybe in the hospital, which could be for a variety of things, but she's telling him about the baby, which is Donna, Mm -hmm. and they're really excited, and then, um... Um, so she said for the next seven months, like, you have to do whatever I want. Oh, I had no idea what that was about. So, she, when she had Jocelyn, mm-hmm. it was a really, really rough pregnancy. And they... When, when she and Sunny got pregnant with Donna, which was unplanned, um, they were really worried. Carly had, had some health concerns after her last pregnancy. And... They they talked about potentially terminating the pregnancy. Sonny mm. was really worried he didn't want to lose Carly. 
and they, you know, eventually obviously decided to, um, proceed and they had done and everything turned out well, but what Carly was referencing there was that she was supposed to not be under, under any stress. She was supposed to be taking really good care of herself. And so she was, you know, teasing Jason, but she was saying, well, you know, for the next seven months, you can't upset me. You have to do everything I want oh. until the baby comes. Oh, okay. I didn't even connect that seven months was in the time frame of having a baby, yeah. even though they just talked about her being pregnant. Because <laughs> Jason was lying in a hospital bed. Mm. So I thought he, I thought... I thought like he was under doctor's orders to take it easy for seven months, <laughs> and so he had to listen to Carly. That makes more sense, though. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was really sweet. That is, that is very sweet. Um, and then... Okay, and then this must be the same timeline that we talked about with Carly, but it seems like he just got her out of Fern Cliff. Cliff. And he was, like, apologizing. I should have gotten you out sooner. I would have done anything to get you out of that place. Even teaming up with Franco. Sidebar, I don't care about Franco, that part of the story. And then Carly was like, well, it's my fault for pleading insanity. So that's the fallout from Nell and the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're just, like, very protective of each other. And it was very sweet. She was like, let's only trust each other. Like, trust our instincts and trust each other. Yeah. Um, and then, And then in the present, I think... Um, they taught, they referenced the night Carly showed up and Jason took her in, which was either that same timeline or based on your history corner is when she was pregnant and went to him to, to avoid getting involved with AJ Quartermain. Yeah. Oh, they referenced yeah. their ancient history. That's and so cute. I, I was, I was hoping, I was pretty sure they wouldn't and I was right. I was hoping they would show some of that early stuff in flashbacks because they did talk about it in the present a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, then I think they have to, like, pay royalties to the actor who was playing Carly at the time. Oh, and it would probably be confusing. Right, that's the other reason. They they typically try to avoid doing flashbacks with a different actor in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, some I've seen them, occasionally they've reshot old scenes with a new actor huh. in order to be able to use those scenes as flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, depending on what it is and, like, what they want it for, um, you know, they don't always go to that trouble, but um, it would have been nice to see some of that, you know, early, early Carly and Jason stuff. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was almost certainly a reference to her showing up pregnant on his doorstep. Yeah. So I'm glad I knew that, how poignant that, that reference yeah. was. Um, and there's enough, like, there's certainly enough in, the, in those clips to establish how close they are and how much they mean to each other without having to um, go to a different actress or whatever. So that was all lovely, lovely, lovely. I loved everything about this episode. And also, it felt less chaotic because everything with Nell feels chaotic. So this one felt more balanced because we there was like Willow flashbacks, there was um, Carly and Jason flashbacks, there was the Florida flashbacks to, to young Carly. So it was less just like, a Nell insanity hour, <laughs> and like there was some really like beautiful touch, more poignant moments. Last last episode did have some really nice like there was a moment with Michael and Jocelyn, but this this was a little bit more balanced. Um, all right, last little beat is a brief flashback, a brief scene. 
yeah, brief flashback scene, brief present scene to set up, like, the next big dramatic piece. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, so we see a flashback, just a quick allusion to the, the, the story I know about of Sasha pretending to be Nina's daughter. Mm-hmm. So we don't see too much, but we see uh, them kind of in the midst of thinking this is true, and Nina giving Sasha a replica of the heart necklace because Sasha <laughs> the extremely unique irreplaceable untraceable heart half, necklace half heart necklace she's made a, a, a replica a duplicate because of course the original is lost mm-hmm. and gives it to Nina and Nina's like I can't accept this amazing gift um so they have there's a brief moment of them when when Nina still thinks this this is her daughter um then we cut to a wedding scene yeah. Which I couldn't even tell who was who and what was happening, except Nina was the bride. Mm-hmm. And, again, it was such a quick clip, but, like, wedding, everyone's up at the altar, the bride and groom are at the altar, and Nina goes to Sasha and is like, Sasha, you can stop all of this if you just tell them that you're my daughter. And Sasha's like, uh, I can't do that or something. So I don't know what any of that is. My guess is she was marrying Valentine. I believe so, yes. And someone maybe came forward with proof that Valentine and Sasha were conspiring. Nina didn't want to believe it. Sasha, tell them who you are. And Sasha's like, no, it's, it's, it was all a lie. Mm-hmm. So that was all, they just give, they, it was just a tiny, tiny little scene, but based on the but, context. And you basically nailed it. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, th- that was pretty, pretty straightforward. I think, mm-hmm. um, I had first thought she was marrying Jax. Cause honestly, Jax uh, and Valentine look similar to me. Okay. Because I haven't seen them very much. Also, you haven't seen them together. I could be wrong. Maybe this is just my perception, but I feel like Jax is like eight feet taller than Valentine. Fair. But also, she she used to date Valentine, and she's currently dating Jax. Right. So my brain was like, it could be either of them. And he was just in the background shot. It wasn't about him. Right. So I just saw a tall man with dark hair, basically. But but I thought Valentine made more sense, because she and Jax seemed very casual. And recent. And recent. Yeah. Um... And then, so we get a tiny bit of, like, reminder about the necklace and Sasha and how it wasn't Sasha because she didn't have a necklace. And Did then, you notice who else was in the scene where she gave her the necklace? Oh, a woman, an older woman who I did not recognize. No, you haven't met her yet, but they've referenced her. Do you, oh, should I guess? You, I don't know if you have enough context to guess, but okay, please do. An older woman who I've not met yet but has been referenced. Mm-hmm. Helena? No. Okay. Helena Castine is probably dead. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I'm never going to get it. Liesl. Oh. Oh. Of, of Liesl's only friend, Franco. Right. Oh, so that's Britt's mom. Mm-hmm. Liesl. Mm-hmm. Who tried to kill Franco later. So she's friends with Nina. Her, she's Nina's aunt. Okay. Um, her sister is Nina's mom, who tried to kill her twice. Right. Does she have a name? Is she relevant? Madeline Reeves. Okay. But I believe she's dead. You're like an encyclopedia. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, um, all right. So then we go to Nell in the present, who is like sitting in her bedroom or something, and looking at like an old music box from her childhood that she brought with her and I didn't I kind of had this moment where I was like that's a very specific detail but in the, her 
um, conversation with Carly earlier. She said, Frank loved you. He, you were his daughter. He wanted to connect with you. Um, and he saved a baby rattle of yours as a memento. And Carly was like, not on purpose. Like, he just never threw it out or whatever. So then we see Nell in the present going and opening the, the jewelry box or, or music box or whatever, pulling out the baby rattle, looking at it with significance, and then it cuts to, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the box, is the other half of the incredibly specific custom-made necklace, which I'm pretty sure I called an episode or two ago. Yeah. Because we were just thinking, it's not going to be a new actor, or it's not going to be a new character. Unlikely at this point, So yeah. who are the existing 20-something young women that could be Nina's daughter? Because they've not stopped referencing Nina's daughter for, like... Yeah. The, my entire time watching this show over 13 days. Um, so it had to be someone, and I think we settled on Nell or... Was there someone else? Willow. Willow, which would have been less dramatic, I guess. At this juncture, yes. They... Nell was on the show for a while left the show, I think, when she was, like, in prison, and then came back. Um, and there was, there was speculation sort of behind the scenes that they had intended Nell to be Nina's daughter, the actress left the show, so they started setting up for maybe Willow to be the daughter. Then when they were able to get the actor for Nell back, they went back to their original plan. Okay. And that might just be fan speculation, I don't know if there's any truth to the writers sort of switching up intentions or if it was just meant to be some red herrings or um, or us just reading too much into it. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me too much either way. I don't think it really matters too much either way. But, um, but at this point, at where we were now, that's why I said when we, when we were talking about it and you, you guessed now, I said you were probably right. Right, right. And people were already speculating that. It's not like I broke new ground there or Well, you're, you're not breaking too much new ground on any of this, but that's oh. okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was kind of fun. So, like, obviously now that's not something Nell is aware of. Um, I can't imagine she is at this point. Which is funny because Nina has been brandishing this necklace around <laughs> yeah. for anyone who walks into Waving in everybody's face. Actually, now that I think about it, Nell's working for Nina. Mm-hmm. So, and Nina pulls out that necklace every other minute to, like, <laughs> stare, like, dramatically at it. So, I wonder if she, I don't know, I wonder if she has figured that out. So, my big question here is, how is Frank Benson sourcing all these babies from Port Charles to raise and distribute throughout Florida? Because <laughs> that's two for two. Yeah. Oh and, my god. Because if he did that once when he was with the uh, Virginia, like she just wants a baby. I can't imagine he and me, like he's the bio, he's now his biological father at oh. all. Because he would have to be in Port Charles, have a relationship well, no, with Nina. Nina. Nina wasn't from Port Charles. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I take your point. It's, uh, probably New York City or something. Yeah. You know, where she lived with her fancy doctor husband. I keep saying as if he doesn't have a name that I know. I just didn't want to confuse you further. Oh, okay. But, because he's, um, because he's Kiki's father. You know, Ava's daughter who was murdered? His name was Silas Clay, in case he comes up again. So it was... He's Kiki's father with Ava? Ava, because he cheated on Nina. With Ava. With Ava. Right. They had Kiki, who was then murdered. 
Gotcha. But yeah, I guess just it's more likely that he just got these two babies and brought them to Florida. Separately. That, separately. Several years apart. Yes. So what 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 is this? <laughs> what, that's that's my number one confusion and question. Um It's a great question. So I wanna find this like baby ring that was going on. Um because that is quite a coincidence. And, and very different baby scenarios, too. You know, Bobby wasn't in a position to keep and raise her own child at the time. She was, you, you know, as they, they mentioned in the episode, she was a, a sex worker. She was working out of a brothel oh. that her aunt ran. Wait, was that all true? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was... I thought he was making that up to be an asshole. No. And, and, to, and to mask what really happened. I guess he told her the real name. But I thought he was just making that up. Whole, like, no, B- Bobby worked as a prostitute. Or as oh. a, yeah. Gotcha. Mm. I thought he was just being a dick. Nothing else. I mean, he kind of was. Yeah. But no, I believe that was all 100% true. Oh, that's fair. I just, he was such a scumbag. I was like, mm-hmm. he was just going to like, like, um not tell the truth or anything like that. Because no. I thought the Spencers were, like... I guess my impression is, like... Is, like, maybe the Spencer family is, like, the Quarterman family? No. Oh, no? No, no. They're, they're like... They're soap opera royalty. They're, like, a big deal in the universe of General Hospital. Yeah. But they're not, like, a, you know, this big, respectable family like the Quartermains. Not oh, at all. Oh, okay. For a long time, it was... Uh, at least on the show, it was just uh, Luke and Bobby. Um, and their... Brother and sister. Okay. And uh, Luke was a bit of a scoundrel. Uh, Bobby was, you know, a little conniving, a little, you know, uh, uh, could be a little manipulative, um, whatever. She turned her life around, became a nurse, married Tony Jones, had, you know, adopted Lucas... You know, had a had a great life. Luke, um, you know, went on adventures with Laura and was always kind of involved in this, that, or the other. But he was always kind of a rogue, okay. so to speak. I guess um, and their their dad, I think, was abusive and an alcoholic okay. and like no, no, they're they're not they're not like the Quartermains. They're a, a big name family, but they're not a prominent family. Sure. A wealthy family, right? Right. Even like a crime family. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Because, so my perception was very off, so I thought that was all just made up. No, that was all true. Um, all right, well. So, so Bobby was, was a prostitute, couldn't Mm. raise her child, gave her up. Um, Nina was married, well off, wanted the baby. You know, her mom interfered and put her in the coma. Um, so it's not like, my, my point is, you know, Frank didn't, procure Janelle the same way he got Carly for Virginia. Right. You know, so it it had to have been her mother, Madeline, you know, placing the child somewhere. You'd think in a safe and happy home somewhere far away from her daughter, right? Because she doesn't, she wants the fortune for herself or the inheritance or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you would think she wouldn't wish harm upon her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, how did Frank end up with her? Was Madeline friends with Bobby? 
So Madeline and I, Nina and, and this whole sort of branch of of this universe, they're all relatively recent additions. So, you know, it's not like Madeline was around when Bobby was on the show, okay. you know, you know you, decades ago. Right, you keep saying Nina's not from Port Charles. Right. right. And, and I know it's hard because everyone is so new to you. It's probably really, it's probably impossible to tell who has been on the show for decades and who has been on the show for two years or right. five years. I'm just thinking like, hey, girlfriends, anyone got some baby swapping baby <laughs> tips to get a baby out of the state? Yeah. Um, it's just too much, a co- too much of a coincidence that this random asshole from Florida acquired, acquired two, two babies girls from, from New Port York. Charles. Or, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, very interesting. So, uh, history corner. It may not be as relevant as yesterday's in terms of the current storyline, but they flashed back to Willow and Shiloh in court. Mm-hmm. And even though Wiley is not the baby that was in question. Um, I feel like they've alluded to and referenced Willow and Shiloh in that whole situation enough that... Um, twice. But go ahead. <laughs> I am still interested in Twice it. this episode, oh, you mean. Oh, but, yeah. but, a few, but it's come up, and it's... I know you know he was involved in the cult, but you don't really know... Or he ran the cult, but you don't maybe know Willow's... The extent of Willow's involvement. Gotcha. So the very short version... And why she was so adamant that she was willing to go to jail rather than reveal any proof that her child even existed, much less where he'd ended up, is that um, Willow lived with her parents, Harmony, uh, who was going by a different name at the time, and someone. Then they got involved in Shiloh's cult as a family. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Harmony especially was taken in by Shiloh and her husband really wasn't feeling it, started to get suspicious and I believe Shiloh had him killed. Her own husband? No, Shiloh, the cult leader, had Harmony's husband killed. The only person I've ever known named Shiloh was a woman. Oh. So I'm very, like, all the references to Shiloh I thought was, was going to be a woman. So just messing with my brain. Gotcha. So Shiloh uh, had Harmony's husband killed because he had suspicions about the cult. Correct. Um, Shiloh, you know, fairly stereotypical cult leader, charming, handsome, surrounded by, you know, young, impressionable, beautiful women. Um, and as part of sort of initiation into the inner circle of his cult, um, it, it involved uh, drugging and sleeping with um, women, these these women. And he, only, of course, only women ended up coming into, like, the inner circle. So Harmony comes into the inner circle. She's kind of in love with Shiloh, I think, um, or, or has deluded herself into feeling that way. Um, and... It sort of enables Shiloh and helps Shiloh um, kind of groom Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was ex- really, really creepy. And so this we, we learned about. We met Willow after she had escaped the oh, cult. So she's that new of a character? She's a very recent character. Oh, The whole cult storyline only took place over the past couple of years. Um, we met Willow 
um, she was uh, uh, an elementary school teacher. She was like Aiden and, and Charlotte's teacher. She was sweet. We didn't know a lot about her. She had some sort of mysterious past. The cult all at the same time was starting to be introduced. Christina got involved with them. So did Oscar a little bit, not as much. Um, and then, and then you began to learn about Willow and the, her baby that she'd given up and you didn't know all the details. Oh, so she'd already gotten out of the cult. She'd already gotten we, out of the cult. meet her. Correct. Oh my God. Okay. So the court scene makes more sense now because I thought she had just given birth mm. and then was saying like, I'll never tell you where the baby is. And I'm like, but you were in the hospital or like, or like denying he was the father didn't really make sense, but the baby was already placed somewhere and it was already done. And Correct. like, she didn't have him at home. And the judge is saying like, tell us where the baby is. I'm like, it's probably at her house. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. That makes right. more sense. So she um, wanted to leave, wasn't really able to. When she turned up, when she found out she was pregnant, she was like, I have to get out now and save my baby or it'll be too late. So she flees the cult. She hides. She gives birth, gives the baby up for adoption, has started this new life for herself. When Shiloh turns up in Port Charles with this like new sort of branch of this cult, eventually finds out that she had had a baby and takes mm. her to court. Okay. So interesting legal avenue for a crazy psycho cult leader, but that's well, fine. who's a supposed at this time pillar of the community? They do volunteer work. It's oh, not it's all churchy and it's, stuff. Sorry, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, it, let's say spiritual. Um, it wasn't a direct religious affiliation, let's say, but it was very you know very spiritual and very. They posited themselves as this community organization gotcha. and, and kept the, you know, inner sex circle aspect, you know, very under wraps. Keep that on the deal. Um, so, I, honestly, I think Harmony might win the worst parent award. Yeah. Which is saying something, because there have been shitty parents on this show. And, oh my god, like, that scene when Willow's, like, super worried about her mom, and like, why are you... Wow. Yeah, I missed their whole reconciliation because when I left off, she very understandably did not have a good relationship with her mom. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, since she, you know, enabled her, I don't know how old she was when it started, but at best, rape. At worst, you know, child molestation or, or, or you know, what have you. Um, and so Willow was very invested in Wiley's safety yeah. Because for a long time, Shiloh then thought Wiley was his son, because mm-hmm. everyone thought that was Willow's child, and he tried to get custody of Wiley, I think legally, he tried to kidnap Wiley, like, there was a whole mess with Shiloh before this whole custody battle with Nell even yeah. t- got started. Uh, custody drama, yes. so much. Yes. So what happened to Shiloh? He di- He's dead now, right? He is dead now. Who killed him? Oh my god, it was so great. So he tries to... Kidnap- I assume someone killed him, because it's yeah. so popular. Oh, yeah, yeah, So he tried to kidnap Wiley. Sam and Dev stop him, and Sam convinces him to let Dev and Wiley go, because then he won't be charged with taking, like, children across state or international borders, because um, he was trying to flee on a boat with them. So he lets the kids go. She and... Shiloh are alone on the boat. Does Sam kill him? Jason comes to her rescue. What? They fight him off. What? I think Jason knocks him out. 
Sam goes to go like turn the boat around or something because she used to weird sidebar Sam used to be like a salvage digger so she used to go down boats not digger a salvage something she knows boats she goes to turn the boat around I love that for her and Jason is just waiting and then Shiloh regains consciousness kind of gets the jump on Jason who's not paying attention and then Sam shoots him in the back with a flare gun and he falls off the boat Nice. So it's one of those things he could turn back up alive at some point because yeah. I don't know that his body was ever found, but it was really kind of satisfying. Is that why she's on parole? I've never asked, yeah. I've never asked that question <laughs> this whole time. Yes, they. it should have been open and shut self-defense because he's he was attacking her. He, he tried to kidnap multiple children, attacked her, was attacking Jason, should have been clear-cut self-defense, but partially, probably because she did technically shoot him in the back, because he was in the midst of, like, trying to kill Jason, and partially because they turned up some recording of her talking about how she would like to kill Shiloh, um, they they got her on, you know, more serious charges, and yes, that is why she's on parole. I can't believe that never occurred to me to ask. It didn't, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we got, because now we have a lot more context for it. Right. Um, also, I mentioned her sister, Christina, had gotten involved in the cult, and Jason, like, saved her last minute from the whole being drugged and raped uh, scenario. And then Sam sort of went undercover and pretended to get really deep involved in the cult, and Shiloh was hella creepy at her as well. So it was a very satisfying sort of moment for Sam to take him down once and for all, even though the fallout has been annoying. Nice. That was very interesting. Um... Okay, yeah, so, um, not just because of all the backstory, but favorite character of this episode was definitely Willow. It was super cool to see some of her backstory and, like, really dive, like, really, like, dive and think about her connection to the baby and, and, and not just how she thought he was, he was her baby and loved him for a year and a half while he was being raised by other people, which I never really, again, thought about, because I'm like, what a crazy soap opera thing to do. Give your baby to someone else to raise. But, like, sh- like protecting him was her way out of this cult. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then she gave him up so he could have this good life, and she could go not be connected with him so he wasn't at risk by the Shiloh person. Yeah. So, not, I mean, not... It, it, I, it would have been enough either way, but, like, seeing all that backstory was... Hearing all that backstory was really cool. So she was... That was definitely my favorite piece of the episode. Um, um, I mean, second place is Jocelyn, though, for that eye roll. <laughs> it was just, like, laser. Like, it was laser-focused. It was fantastic. Um, I mean, Carly and Jason are runners-up. Like, there was a lot of good stuff in this episode. And I'm gonna say my least favorite is... Um, and I'm torn because and everyone I say because of maybe one scene I didn't like this they did something really great in another scene I just really liked this episode I'm going to say Jax because I still kind of don't like him and he didn't really do much in the scenes with Nina and I'm not over the kidney thing I don't think I'll ever be over the kidney thing and um 
he, he was he was the only person that I didn't find a connection to. Like Sa- even like Sasha is also Sasha and Chase are both kind of like I don't really know much about them. Um, but Sasha said some really beautiful things to Willow and Chase said some really beautiful things about Willow and I haven't seen and so maybe this is more for the editors or whatever, but I haven't seen anything from Jax that I'm like, uh, I get you, or I, I get a, a piece of what you're about. So least favorite just because he's not showing up in the in the same way. By three people and our mother. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hospital, there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, <laughs> but I'd never thought about what the title was for.